Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Canadian Gamers. This is episode 94, and it's pretty wild that uh, we haven't done one of these in a little while now. I've just said wild twice, and it's been under 20 seconds. Pretty awesome. Now, you might be wondering why it's just me. Well, I'll let you know right now. It's because Stephen got essentially... A lug, a lug, a lug infection, a lung infection, because everyone in his household is sick. And if you don't know this, I'm going to give you a little uh, info on Stephen. He actually has asthma. So typically, people with asthma, when there's you know bugs going around and stuff like that, it's really easy to get lung infections. And he probably doesn't even know that. But um, anyways, he would just let me know that he was in emergency, like for. I forget what it was, like a day or something. Like, he was going back and forth. And anyways, so uh, he's okay now. He got some antibiotics, which is what all doctors do these days. And, well, he should be back to normal in the next couple of days or so. So, it's just me. I'm sorry. I know, I know you don't like when it's just me, but... Alas, there's really not much I can do. So, as always, some housekeeping stuff before we begin. Uh, the show today, I've got a couple of things Stephen, um, Stephen shot my way, and I've also got a few other things that I've added to the list. I have no idea how long this is going to be, but we're going to go through this together, and we will see. So for housekeeping, the usual stuff, like to remind you guys that the podcast is always available on streaming services like iTunes and stuff like that, and... Um, I recommend you subscribe to us on uh, your favorite podcasting uh, service because, well, that's the best way to get a hold of the podcast early. Otherwise, it gives every two weeks on YouTube. Now, something else I like to remind you all is that we are going to be starting to stream a more regular, on a more regular basis. So, right now, what's in the pipeline is Dragon Quest XI. Really want to finish that off. Going to be starting officially as of February 23rd until at least April, probably into May. Every Friday I will be streaming. When exactly, I do not know. So, okay. I'm um, trying to think of what else we got. What I'm going to do, like I said, is I got Dragon Quest Eleven. Outside that, there's a special Pokken Tournament DX. Steven wanted to do that today, actually. But, uh, alas, that's not going to happen. Because he can't really talk too much, most likely. Because he'll be coughing and everything else. Now, that said, uh, what I'm going to be doing after that is... Uh, Cranberry actually has... And if you don't know who Cranberry is, she's the lovely lady that I play Dragon Quest X with. And she actually... She's like a... Um, um, what is it called? Software engineer type thing, computer scientist. I forget what exactly uh, it's called. She will correct me in the comments, I am sure. And uh, anyway, she made a Dragon Quest Ten sort of like side game, like a what if, what if this happened? And of course, it's filled with humor and everything, because if you know Cranberry, she's very funny. So I'm going to stream that when I'm done Dragon Quest Eleven, And after that, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see. I, I might actually open it up to you guys to see if there's something like in particular that you'd like to see. Obviously, it's got to be a game either on the PS4 or on the Nintendo Switch or PC, I guess. Then, uh, and yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. 
And I think that's about it. You know, the regular stuff. I've got a lot of Collector's Corner in the pipeline, I think, all the way until April. So you got a lot of those to look forward to. I mean, some are better than others, obviously. I don't have 50 million uh, Collector's Editions around. But I'm trying to look at some some different things. Like, coming up, uh, I believe it's at the very tail end of March... I have the Akira Toriyama illustration book for the 30th anniversary of Dragon Quest. So I just wanted to show you guys, you know, that. I thought that was kind of neat. You can still pick it up on um, Yahoo Japan, probably Amazon Japan, and elsewhere. Of course, eBay and stuff like that. But I'm slowly but surely dealing more and more directly with the Japanese companies because eBay, I find, is just way too expensive. And if you use uh, companies like Baiyi, you can actually purchase goods directly from Japan and you just have to pay, you know, the shipping. And yes, the shipping is expensive, but the shipping is going to be expensive. You know what I mean? Like, no kidding, you're shipping to Japan. So anyways, that's um, that's pretty much it. In terms of housekeeping and everything, I've got to turn my phone around. It's constantly... All right, there we go. So I think that's it in terms of uh, housekeeping and stuff like that. I got a copy of Lost Fear that came in the mail. I'm waiting for Dragon Quest Builders. That still hasn't arrived, which I'm hoping it arrives soon. And really looking forward to this. Lost Fear is a funny one. I've got a Collector's Corner episode of it. Uh, I say it's a funny one because the box, it's clearly this was, was just you know, put together quickly. Like, there's no writing on the back or anything. And I know why they did that, so they don't really have to translate. Although, it does have the, you know, number of players and things like that. So, I was looking forward to playing that after... uh, What's it called that I'm playing now? What am I playing? Uh, What is it called? Xenoblade Saga 2. That's not Saga. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And that's still going strong. That's still, still chugging away at that. I'm about maybe 40 hours in, something like that, maybe 45. Very good game, but having a hard time uh, playing it lately. Just been super, super busy. So that's why I think Fridays I'm going to start to stream. And then with the streaming, I'm going to, you know, after that, I'll I'll do something. Something to the effect of uh, play through more of my Xenoblade Chronicles 2, because I am having a good time with it. It's a fun, it's a very fun game. Okay, so let's get into this. Like I said, I don't really have a topic of the show. I I just have a couple of points uh, that I wanted to discuss. A lot of this is going to be some old news for you guys, but it's stuff that I want to talk about. And some of the stuff that Steven had mentioned too, that I thought was really interesting. So we're going to start off with the Xbox Game Pass. Now, Microsoft pretty much, if you don't know what Xbox Game Pass is, it's essentially like Netflix, okay? So you pay a monthly subscription and you gain access to a variety of games that you get to download and play. And so long as you pay for the um, the subscription, you can continue to play them. So it's a little bit like, uh, you know, like uh, games with gold and... Um, and uh, what's called PlayStation Plus, except that this is a specific service that, you know, has many more games, not just like, you know, four games a month or something that change. It's it's a it's a legit roster of games. And Microsoft recently uh, recently went crazy with this. And what they've done is they've actually taken the Game Pass and made this potentially the future of video games and that is pretty wild man 
That's pretty wild. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what they've done is they've basically shoved all first-party games into that that monthly subscription. So all the old Halo games and stuff like that. Now, I'm not entirely sure about like Xbox, original Xbox games, Xbox 360, stuff like that. But I know for Xbox One, you get all like first party titles. Okay. And okay. Yeah, that's cool. Right. But why is this the future? Why is this such a shakeup? Because you also get all of the brand new games day and date when they are released. That is really big, guys. That is absolutely staggeringly huge. The only equivalent I can think of to give you an idea how big this really is, is if Netflix suddenly had Star Wars the day and date it was released in the cinema. That's how big this is. And it's going to start with Sea of Thieves. So you're going to be able to download Sea of Thieves the day it's released. And, you know, you could purchase additional um, download content for it and things like that. But you get to download the bloody game for your typical, what is it, like $10 a month, $15 a month, whatever it is. That's huge. Could you imagine when Halo 45 comes out? Like, it's going to be... It's going to be big, man. I really think this this has a potential to be a huge, huge deal. And I'm I'm not really so super excited for Sea of Thieves. I know Ahmed is really, really excited for that. And I know a couple of you guys are. that You've been talking about it in the comments. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> but I'm not too... You know, I'm not like, oh boy, this is the greatest thing ever. However, Crackdown 3, man, I'm like, well, Crackdown 3, that could be pretty cool, man. That could be pretty cool. So, that's that, and I got a lot to say about this. Because, like I say, I think, honestly, it could be the future of video games as a whole. And I'm I'm really starting to lean towards this direction. So... What I think is going to happen as we move forward is I think like these types of companies like Microsoft and stuff like that, they don't really want to sell you the box. Yes, if you do it correctly, selling you the box gets you lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money, right? There is money in hardware if you do it right with economies of scale. That being said, you have to be careful because... That only takes you so far. A perfect example of this is the Xbox One. The Xbox One is selling extremely well. Uh, the last reports, again, the rumors, Microsoft, this generation has not said anything about sales because they haven't been great. But apparently there are around 35 million Xbox Ones that have been sold. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, this is like the biggest financial disaster in the history of financial disasters. The system is a failure and that's it. No, not at all. It's simply that it got really, really trounced by the PlayStation 4, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. Much like back in the day, I like I like to sort of say that it was sort of like with the uh, Nintendo DS and the PlayStation Portable. The PlayStation Portable, at towards I'd say maybe like the the mid cycle, people were like, oh, you know, like uh, it's a failure, it's a failure, it's a failure. The system sold like almost 80 million units, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to pull it up right now as you hear clicking and everything, but it's because the the DS ended up selling, you know like 150 million. 
So it's it's when you compare these things. What's what is really sad is when you look at the Vita and you're like, wow, how the hell did that happen? You know, you went from selling like 80 million units down to like, you know, like 12, something like that. Like that's unfortunate. But anyways, okay. So going back, what I what I imagine our future is going to look like is it's going to be an app. I really, really think that is the future that we're heading to. Maybe not like in the next 15 years, but around that. Like I think in 20 years time from now, you will still have some sort of set-top box or something like that. But our devices are just getting more and more and more and more powerful. That why wouldn't you want to have your games or your app available on as many platforms as humanly possible so yeah like i think it's going to start off with we're going to sell you the box so here's the box and you get to play let's just pick microsoft okay so you get to you have to pay uh 15 a month but you gain access to all of the first party titles that microsoft makes okay cool right like all right now well what if i have sony's box well, that's okay. Your $15 a month thing still gives you access to all those games like on that hardware. Now, of course, obviously, the future that I'm talking about is going to be stream heavy. And I do think that that is inevitably where we're going to get to. And I want you to argue with me. But I, I think so. I, I mean, just looking at at models like Netflix... And the sheer popularity and the convenience of it all, I think, is where we're going to go. And the fact is that the days of having, like, one piece of hardware that does, does you know, only a certain thing and then another piece of hardware that does something else, I think that will slowly but surely fizzle away. And this way, you never lose that sort of uh, ease that consoles have you would still have some sort of box or eventually i think it'll all be built into the television screens and things like that but if not okay fine so you'll have like one box that who cares who makes it there'll be a panasonic one a pioneer one a sony one a jvc and lg a samsung whatever and all of these companies will have these apps built in and you'll just be able to, to play and with cloud storage you'll be able to easily play from one device to the next device to the next device to the next device because your save will no longer be on a local thing it'll be in the sky or in the cloud rather and the way you go and if you're going to talk to me about controllers and all this sort of stuff well that that's all mute all of that because they can easily sell that separately and if you're no longer paying $500 for a console and they charge you 80 bucks for a controller, I doubt very much that many people are going to complain about that when that one controller can be used on any of the devices that, uh, that you have, if it's like Bluetooth or something like that. So, I mean, I think this is a very realistic future that could happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, in my opinion, I, I think that is where we're going to head slowly but surely, because I don't think the current model is sustainable for the very, very long term. Now, I'm not saying that consoles are dead. No, not at all. But I think that we're going to be moving in a direction like the Xbox Game Pass. And the Xbox Game Pass, I want to make this clear, is not a streaming service. You actually download the game to your local system and you play it like that. Which is why I said it's much more similar to uh, Games with Gold and uh, PlayStation, um, not now, PlayStation Plus. 
It's just that it is a subscription service allowing you access to those particular games. And I really think, though, that they're going to converge all of these things together and eventually give us some sort of some sort of service like the Xbox Game Pass, but that will be transferable to PC, that will be transferable to your, your, your next PlayStation, even your phone. Again, way down the line. But my question to you is, how sustainable is that particular model? Now, I just said the old model, I don't think will be sustainable for the very long term. I think consoles could stick around for, for a while, like for, for quite a while, they could stick around. It's just that technology is advancing so quickly that why not get the best of both worlds? So why not have your console, go out and buy your console, that'll, that'll appease all you people that want to have the actual box, but at the same time, we want to make money, right? So we want our stuff on Xbox's platform. We want our stuff on, on, you know, on Windows PCs, on Macintosh, on this, that, and the other thing. And the reason why we want to do that is because, well, we like money. And this is a great way in order to get lots and lots and lots of it. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I really do think that's where we're going to go. That being said, again, I'm saying it a couple of times this time. Netflix is in serious debt. They actually have over $20 billion in debt, according to their financial reports. $15.7 billion is in streaming content obligations, and $4.8 billion is in total gross debt. Now, why are they doing this? Well, that's the way the company funds itself, is through debt. And they're doing it to secure exclusives, because they know Disney's pulling out, like, as soon as their streaming service is available, they're pulling out. And they don't want to die, right? They want their Stranger Things to continue and stuff like that. So, I mean, okay, that you know, that's fine. That is a, a business model that you can do and recoup your 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 costs afterwards, your debt afterwards. But I'm curious to see, like, how long term, how sustainable is all of this? Because are we as a people expected to pay? You know, $10 for Netflix, $10 for Disney Stream, $10 for uh, Paramount Stream, $10 for um, Xbox Game Pass, $10 for PlayStation Game Pass, $10 for Nintendo, you know, like $10 for EA, $10 for Activision, $10. And all of a sudden, if that's the future, well, then this won't work because then you're looking at like literally hundreds and hundreds, if not $1,000 a month just to consume data because you happen to like one game Activision puts out, one game Electronic Arts puts out, one game that uh, Microsoft puts out, one game Sony likes, one movie that this studio makes, one television show that that studio makes, that's where this doesn't work. And so that's why I think you're still going to have your Netflixes around, you're still going to have Hulu, and you're still going to have your dedicated game boxes per se. It's... I just think that moving forward that I think there's a lot more to this than than people realize. And I do think that the Xbox Game Pass is a clear sign of the future. And we will see. I'm very curious to hear what a lot of you guys have to say about all the things I just said. I just spewed out a lot of stuff there. I talked for, what, like 15 minutes on, on one thing. So... Yeah, I'd be very curious to hear what you guys have to say about that. And by all means, disagree with me. Tell me I'm insane. Tell me that, you know, discs are the future. But just be warned that Best Buy is stopping to sell music CDs. How long did that take, right? Yeah, it took like 20 years after they're, they've been dead. So I do think that, you know, physical media isn't 
dead per se, but I also believe that, you know, streaming is going to replace digital downloads very, very quickly. The the thing that's holding it back right now is the fact that the internet speeds just aren't there. The infrastructure isn't there all over the world. So what do you do? You, again, it's all about money. You don't want to lose money to markets that just can't do what, what you want to do. Okay, so we're going to move on. The next topic that I have, or news item, or what have you, is about Evo 2018. The official lineup was revealed, and it's uh, it's interesting, guys. It's actually really interesting, and I got a lot to say about this too. So first off, let me explain the games that are that are that are there. So you got Tekken Seven, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, Street Fighter Five Arcade Edition, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Guilty Gear. I think it's pronounced Zerd. Rev 2, Injustice 2, Super Smash Bros. Melee, and Dragon Ball Fighters. Now, there is some very, very interesting things with this lineup, okay? Some very interesting things. First off is the fact that I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe you have three Arc System Works games uh, for the first time. I don't think we've ever had that before and if you're wondering who they are they're the guys that made blaze blue guilty gear and dragon ball so that's really impressive you got your two smash bros in there which i i love the fact that melee is still hanging on man it's crazy how popular that game remains to this day it just blows my mind but what is really telling about this is what is not included in that lineup. And again, I might be wrong, but I'm fairly certain this is the very first time we do not have any MVC at Evo. Like of any kind. There is no showing of Marvel versus Capcom. And it really says a lot, man. I mean, Marvel versus Capcom was a infinite rather, was a colossal failure. Like colossal. And I don't think they're going to do anything with it. I think they're just going to cut their losses and that's it. It's just such a shame because they could have done so much with that. And now that Marvel is essentially going to have their X-Men characters back in the next number of years, I'm really hoping that we see Marvel vs. Capcom return in some way, shape, or form with cel-shaded graphics that harken back to, like, MVC 1 and 2. I would love that. And bring all the characters that, you know, you, you didn't have in this release. And they are always like, oh, well, it's nothing to do with that. Like, the movie universe and stuff. Yeah, okay, BS, guys. It was blatantly obvious that that's exactly what happened. And... You know, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but you really screwed up, okay? Like, you really, really screwed up with that particular game. And it's a shame, because from what I hear, it's actually not a horrible game. It just looks like crap, and, like, you know, fan-favorite characters are nowhere to be seen. And it's like, what the hell, man? Like, serious, what the hell? I'm a little sad in one way, but under I understand why. King of Fighters didn't make an appearance. Uh, that's not uncommon, Um and I'm hoping that we see another King of Fighters this generation because we really got lucky there. and We got one like, bam, really early in the generation. And SNK is actually making, what was it, SNK Heroines, I think is what it's called. It's basically like Gal Fighters 3, right? I think, was there Gal Fighter 2? Anyways, whatever. It's basically like that uh, that game, which was on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which... 
I'm probably now I just alienated half of our audience, but that was actually a really phenomenal platform. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually think it was the most, it was the best SNK platform ever released for the mass market. Because really you can't consider the AES because that was just way out of mass market uh, uh, reach with its unbelievable price. And the the Neo Geo CD, I never, like it just never had that, that mass market appeal. But the Neo Geo Pocket Color, that was, that was really something. That was a special, special platform. I've got a couple of reviews on the channel if you're interested in, in like, what the hell is that? I think I even have a playlist dedicated to it. So you can go ahead and check that out if you're interested in finding out a little bit more of like, what is the Neo Geo Pocket Color? But anyways, all this to say is that SNK has a new fighter coming out in a couple of months and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am. I'm actually looking forward to seeing a new SNK platform, and it's a tag-based fighter, which could replace MVC in, like, say, next year's Evo. That could be kind of neat. I mean, I have no idea how popular it's going to be, but still, we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Now, for all the uh, talk on how unsuccessful Capcom versus... Uh, sorry, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite was, what I find equally as impressive is the fact that Dragon Ball Fighters is doing gangbusters. One of the fastest selling fighting games ever, one of the best selling, if not the best selling, Dragon Ball game of all time. It has already sold over 2 million units in its like, what, I think first week or something like that, or first three days or some, something nuts like that. And that just shows how incredible it is. And if you look on Steam and other places, you can actually see that the game is is being played, like on Twitch and stuff, by like, like it's unbelievable. Not Twitch, but on Steam, you can see that it's being played by like 45,000 concurrent players and stuff like that, which is amazing. Like, I find absolutely amazing. A lot of people are thinking that this could actually help to revitalize the fighting game genre by being a gateway fighter because it's simple enough that, you know, people can just pull off some crazy ass moves and and have a good time with the game and don't forget how popular Dragon Ball is worldwide and 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 maybe gateway into another fighter so I'm really really happy about that and I got a couple other things I just want to say quickly about this Street Fighter 5 arcade edition I mean Street Fighter is Street Fighter that game really did not live up to the expectations of fighting game fans and it's really sad because arcade edition is essentially the finished game like Street Fighter V Vanilla was essentially a beta. And, and that's really sad. And it's really disheartening for 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 that series. So I'm really hoping they don't make that same mistake again when they release Street Fighter VI. Because that really the game really did deserve to sell a lot more units than it did. So the other thing I wanted to mention just quickly is to tying into one of my favorite series here. I love seeing the fact that Dragon Ball is doing so well. The Dragon Ball Fighters is doing so well. And why? Well, because um, Akira Toriyama is the guy that is the main man that made that manga and that series, and he's the artist for it. And he also just so happens to be, if you didn't know this, the main artist and the game design well, game designer, the art designer, or art lead, or whatever it's called, for Dragon Quest. And 
I I'm wondering now, you know, like when when Dragon Quest 11 inevitably reaches North America, which I'm starting to wonder if that's going to be like a November release or something like that because we haven't heard squat. Square Enix promised that they would talk a little bit more about Dragon Quest 11 and we have not heard anything. So, I don't know what's going on. I'm actually my prediction right now is that in March we're going to hear about the Switch version. And anyways, what does this have to do with anything? Well, I think that when the game comes out here, because we know it's coming out here, so far the only system that we know it's coming out for is the PlayStation 4, and I'm wondering if they should actually, you know, market it in such a way as to to highlight Dragon Ball Fighters' success. Like, in other words, to say, like, from the, the artist that brought you Dragon Ball Fighters you know, comes a, a grand, epic, sweeping tale of love and triumph and revenge and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm really, really wondering more and more if they should do that. And yes, okay, maybe for licensing, you know, actually saying Dragon Ball Fighters may not be the best thing, but I'm sure as hell positive that they could mention Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z that they, you know, from the creator of these particular things, because I never got that. I never understood why they never marketed that more heavily because of the fact that Dragon Ball is extremely popular in North America. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. And yes, of course, obviously this isn't a fighting game and and what have you, but I would still be marketing this like that. Even with the, what is it? Dragon Quest Builders. Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you highlight that fact? Because there's so many people that love Toriyama's art. And like I said, I'm going to show you guys, I got a book in just about his art, which would be, it's going to be on the channel uh, late. I think it's like the last Friday of March. So anyways, let's move on. All this to say, though, that with Evo, like I said, a really, really big deal that MVC is not there and the fact that that Dragon Ball is doing so amazing. I'm really, really happy about that. The game looks absolutely phenomenal, but me and fighters or just me and video games as a whole, we just don't have much time anymore, which is so sad. Okay, so next up we have reports are coming in that Google might be looking into getting into gaming via Chromecast. So basically you could expect like a Netflix-like streaming service that would be very similar to PlayStation Now. Although it would be, like I said, it would be um, more akin to like the Xbox Game Pass. So in other words, with PlayStation Now you, you, you're streaming games, but it's not a subscription base. And or or is it now? They may have changed that actually. But anyways, whatever the case may be, it's going to be a subscription-based model that allows you access to all the games that are available via this particular platform. Now, the thing with this particular rumor is that it's been around in one form or another for almost six years now. Like it's been a while. Pretty much uh, when Google got into cell phones with the Android platform, and you know, like a trillion games were released on it, they were sort of like, okay, well, how do we get these sorts of games? onto your big screen or how do we get it onto your other devices sort of like what i was saying earlier right when i was talking about the xbox game pass and i was saying how like ideally you want to have as many you know as many people playing or or subscribing to your content as humanly possible because like on xbox one if i sell 35 million xboxes well 35 million people get to play those games that means at most the best sales i can ever get of halo 46 is 35 million say right? 
Like, why are people going to buy the game if they don't even have the platform? But what if I had a billion people who had access to purchasing my streaming service for $10 each? You know what I mean? Like, you start to look at the numbers of that. And again, it goes to economies of scale. And you start to realize, like, holy crap, like, that's a lot of money that like, we could we could actually make. So I, I can certainly see Google getting into that space. I'm just curious if it would be something like uh, the Apple TV. You know what I mean? Where you would you'd just purchase apps like that. Or would it legit be a streaming service where you'd buy your little box with your HDMI cable, plug it into your, your, you know, your receiver or your television. And then that's it, you know, pay $10 a month again, and you have access to everything. So I'm kind of curious to see about this. Currently, the only subscription model that I have is with Netflix, and it costs me, I think it's $12 a month. And it's worth it. There's a lot of good retro shows on there. There's the exclusive uh, Netflix stuff. So totally, totally, totally worth it for me. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But what's going to be really curious for me is, well, what happens when Disney releases their content? And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, you've got like a new Star Wars show or you've got uh, all the Marvel stuff or you got, you know, and it's only available via their platform. That's where I'm going to be a little more like, hmm, what do I do? Because I know in Canada it most likely will be 12 to $15 a month. So I'm kind of like, I don't know about this. And then, of course, you've got Amazon Prime, which I'm also a member of. That's like, what, $70 a year. I bought that because of the video game sales. You know, you get like 20% off, you get free shipping and so on and so forth. So it paid for itself very, very quickly. However, now they're also throwing in a whole bunch of stuff that ties into Twitch, that ties into video content, that ties into a whole bunch of different crap. So I'm I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting. That's very interesting. But like I said, I, I just want to make sure that this doesn't get out of control. We have 50 quadrillion, you know, things going on and you're paying for everything per month and it's, it's literally breaking the bank. So we'll see. We'll see. So the last little bit of news that I had was on Kaz Harai and Sony. So Kaz Harai has actually stepped down as, or he is stepping down as the CEO of Sony. And a lot of people were wondering what gives, why would he do that? And personally, I think it's because he's pulling a Seinfeld. He wants to go out on top because he was only the CEO for six years. And in those six years, they basically launched the PS4 and it, it, just exploded in sales and the company has really done a good job under his one Sony uh, strategic plan or banner or whatever you want to call it. And I look at this and I'm like, yeah, that's actually a really smart thing to do because like you took the company when there was, they were, they were in trouble. I mean, yes, PlayStation three had, you know, slowly started to come back, but as a corporation, you really were not doing well. And under his guide, our guidance, they basically, you know, they inked that deal with Marvel. The PlayStation 4, like I said, has done really well. They streamlined their manufacturing. They sold off Veo or Vio or whatever it was called, their laptop stuff. Um, they, they made some really smart moves. And, and people are actually legitimately excited about Sony again, which they haven't been for a very long time. And so I'm really wondering now what direction the company is going to take moving forward. 
I mean, obviously, PlayStation Five is in in the in the works. There's no question about it, considering how successful the system's been. It's actually at over 76.5 million units worldwide and it's starting to look like the system has plateaued a little bit at its current price point but even at this price point sony is on track to sell over 100 million systems by 2019 and i never thought i never thought we would see that after the the playstation 3 now i don't want to say the failure because it wasn't a failure but I just, I didn't, I did not expect this. I did not expect this whatsoever. So that's actually pretty incredible. If you ask me, that's really, really, really incredible. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm very, very happy. And I'm kind of curious to see where things are going to go now that the switch has also started to really pick up. And I'm actually just going to load this really quickly. Where do we have the hardware sales let's see yeah so the sales are worldwide i'm about to list okay and they're as of december 31st 2017 okay so the switch has actually sold 14.86 million units worldwide as of last december well i'm recording this on february the 9th so that's that says something right? Like it's, it's been like, you know, almost two months and I'm positive that that number is a lot higher now. And I'm really curious to see like what, what is going to happen here? And I guess I could say the, this little bit of news, if you didn't know, but the Nintendo switch is now outsold worldwide has outsold the Wii U's lifetime sales. The Wii U was at again, as of December 31st, 2017, 13.56. Is that staggering or what? I, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I could not, I I just can't believe that, that they were able to do it so fast. the, The system has not even been on store shelves for a year. We're coming up to a year, but it hasn't been a year yet. And it's already sold over the entire lifetime sales of the Wii U. It really shows how poorly the Wii U sold. Now, the other thing that I thought I find pretty amazing here is that the Wii was at 101.63 million units. And it's very likely that the PlayStation 4 will surpass the Wii. And that is incredible when you think of how successful the Wii really was. So all this to say that I think you know, consoles dying out and stuff like that. I don't think, I don't think they're going to die out. And I think it's going to, it's going to happen. Like I said earlier in the podcast, where I think it's just going to be like a little bit of a a hybrid. I think we're going to see sort of a mixture where we're going to have that one set top box. And then we're going to also have these applications and then everything's going to come together. Everyone's going to hold hands and world peace will be achieved. So that's, uh, that's, that's essentially the goal of life. So that's pretty much my podcast for today. I've been rambling literally nonstop for about 40 minutes now, which is not so bad. That's not so bad. I, I was hoping to hit around 40, 45 minutes. So that's that's good. I, I, I'm happy with this. I did a good job. I didn't uh, – what, what is it that uh, Stephen tells me? He's like, oh, you just phoned it in I think is what he says. So no, no, I did not just phone it in. I legitimately tried to give you guys a good podcast here. So 
In wrapping, I will say I hope you enjoyed, and I'm really curious to hear some of your thoughts on some of the things that I discussed today, because there's some really interesting things on where this industry could go, and I'm very, very curious to see what the next the next generation is going to look like for video games, because I'm certain we're going to get a PlayStation 5. But now that we've got the Switch here, that's kind of... Kind of making me me question, you know, like, what is Nintendo going to do now? And yes, of course, the Switch just started, right? We're year one, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of time for Nintendo to think about this. If they're going to do hardware iterations like they did with their portables, or are they going to treat this more like a home console, or, or what's going to happen here? And I'm, I'm really curious to, to follow that. I'm really curious to see what Xbox does now because I really do think that they, they are doing something very special with the Xbox Game Pass. And with that, I will say thank you very much for watching, everyone. I wish you all the best, and we'll be back in two weeks with another podcast. Take care, everyone.